episode of Choice, My Experience Building Relationship with God. Decisions, decisions. Part two, I'm continuing from second season, sixth episode. And I was sharing an example situation in regards to decision making on one of the crossroad decisions that most people have in regards to getting a car. And I had ended the last episode with that I had got the car that I believed that God wanted me to have, and it was an excellent vehicle. It originally was a 2011. I got it in 2015. It only had 26,000 miles on it. And this was the car that the dealership found on their lot. The dealership didn't even know they had this car. When I had went to the dealership, and this was the dealership that I believe God had me to go to. And the reason why I bring this up is because over the years, I took very good care of the car. Did all the scheduled maintenances, replaced the tires when they were needed, the battery when it was needed, oil change consistently when as, as necessary. However, time was going by, years was going by, because now it's 2023, and I had purchased the car in 2015. And I knew the time would come that there would be additional repairs to the vehicle because of wear and tear. Well, towards the end of March this year, my daughter and I had just left a drive-thru restaurant getting some ice cream. We pulled into the space they asked us to to wait for our order. And just as she pulled into the space, our car began to smoke incessantly. Instantly, I said, you know, turn off the car because it was smoking so much all of a sudden. And I knew it had to be something that busted because if it's going to smoke that fast, suddenly some kind of liquid got onto the hot engine. And we have a very reputable car assistance or car side road assistance were part of a club. And I called them and they had sent a tow truck that was on the way. And it was really interesting because where we get our car service at, it was like right down the street, only a mile away. Not only that, but the time of day, if it had been, if this had to happen even 30 minutes later, there would have been a major traffic jam. And the reason why I say that is because our tow truck got there like within 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. And I say that because the tow truck came all the way out from like Richfield, which is out by the Bloomington area. So... If it had just been 30 minutes later, he would have got stuck in gridlock, traffic jam. So we get to the, to the, to our auto mechanics that we have trust in because we know that God put this particular place in our lives to make repairs to the car as needed. They had a loaner car for us to use. And they get back to us the next day, and they like, well, as you probably figured, a hose busted, and that's why it was so much smoke. However, we put the the engine system through a particular pressure test, and it failed. 
And so I'm like, okay. And they said, it turned out the part that failed was your head gasket. Well, in this particular vehicle, the head gasket is in the center of the engine. So to get to it, they have to take apart literally the whole top half of the engine down past the camshaft, down into the middle part of the engine next to the timing chain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. They gave me the estimate. It was a lot of money. It was over $2,000. It was a lot of money. It was over $2,000. A lot of money. It was trust. Crossroads. Decisions, decisions, choices. First question, what do we do? The car just turned over to 110,000 miles. It's been an exceptional vehicle. We've taken really good care of it. But the bottom line for me is I know where this car came from. God gave me this car. This car is a direct blessing from God. And blessings, genuine blessings from God, come with no sorrow. Understand that when there was a few thousand dollars left to pay on this particular vehicle, it was about $3,000 left. And I called the bank to make a payment. The woman said, hang on a second. I need to just check something. I want to make sure I'm giving you the correct information. So I'm like, okay. She comes back about five minutes later. And she said to me, the remainder of your loan is paid. The bank chose your loan to pay for it. We're sending you the full paid in in full papers in the mail. And you'll have them within seven business days. (laughs) I'm like... Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was jumping for joy that day. Woo. Not only that, but remember I had said earlier in the previous episode and decisions, decisions that I have put a small amount down on the vehicle and financed the rest. Well, the interest rate was in ridiculously high. It was crazy high. When I actually calculated it all out and realized how much I was paying per day in interest, I went back to Ab and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is highway robbery. He gave me peace about it because, see, he had given me the money to make the payments on the car. He gave me the money, all the money that I needed to, to, to take care of this car. So he gave me peace about it, and he was like, just wait for it. So it was uh, almost a year, the following February, and I made payments on time every month, and I got another direction from him. He said to me one morning, he's like, go to this particular bank. He told me what bank to go to. He told me when to go. And he told me what to say. And this time I remember what he told me to say. He told me to say to the banker, I'm here because I want your bank to refinance my vehicle. And 
they pulled my credit score. I'm going to just say this. Booyah! It was over 700. And boy, did that banker open the floodgates of everything he could give me that day. He made sure I had before I left out that bank. Number one, refinancing of the vehicle. The interest rate I was paying for that vehicle was almost 19%. The refinance dropped down to 3%. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Yes, he will. (laughs) Glory to God, the most high, awesome, extraordinary, above all that is above He is the above, the most high, the only, holy, most eternal living God. Yes, he did. From almost 19% down to 3%. Booyah, how you doing? So I know that he gave me this car. They gave me their instrument. And I said, it was over 2000. It was, it's over. It was a lot of money. So I'm like, okay, Abba, what are we going to do? Do we say okay and let them go ahead and go in there and do the work? (sighs) Or is it time to bring the car, just have them fix the holes and do a trade-in and and put all this money they're asking for to fix her with the trade-in plus this amount of money on a brand-new vehicle? And I I definitely, it was absolute no-go on getting rid of the car. It, I, I knew it. The moment I asked him, I knew that that was definitely not going to be the plan. I could just sense his, uh-uh, nope. So I'm like, okay. So the auto mechanics, they were like, okay, well, take the weekend you know, I know you're ready to give me your answer, but take the re- weekend, just be, you know, so you're sure. Call me Monday morning. I'm like, okay. So I went about what I do on the weekend, and, and I celebrate the Sabbath. I attend a synagogue, and that, that was transformative. This happened, oh, that's a whole nother few episodes later on. But while I was there, I heard someone talking about a situation, and I didn't ask them to bring up their previous car situation or anything. She just started talking, and she's like, yep, I was in a situation similar to that. You know, my car, you know, it needed a, a whole lot of work and whatnot. And she says, I didn't ask God. She says, and I went on ahead and got rid of the car, and I got another car. And she's like, that was a major mistake. That, And I'll just leave it there. So when she said that, that just added to my faith. Because, I, you know, I already know, like I said, I knew where the car came from. And I had already, I had the decision. I was going to tell the, the mechanics to go ahead and do the work. But that just confirmed the decision that I had already made. So by that Monday, number one, see, even before that Monday, when I, like I said, when I was talking with the, the mechanics, and they were like, well, just take the weekend. Because I was ready to give my answer then because I had peace about it. I already knew. God let me know that it was not time to um, let go of this vehicle he had given me. And it wasn't time. Definitely it wasn't time to get another car, a new one. However, you know, 
I utilized the time. And in that time, I was able to research the kind of work they needed to do on the car. And I saw what, because on the internet, you can pull up just about how to do anything. And there are videos out there to show you. So I saw what kind of work they had to do to get in there to get to that gasket. So then I just added things on there. I was like, well, you know, when we had it in for the last oil change about, you know, five weeks ago, y'all said that down in the center of the engine, there's this little oil thing going on. And so I said, well, since y'all are going to have the engine taken apart, you could do this. And while you're in there, check this and that and this and that, you know, list of stuff. And, you know, so like I said, by the time the final build was tallied, it, it was it was a lot of money. However, God had given me the money. So I had it. And I had peace. I had my mementos from how I got the car. And I knew the car was from God. I knew the performance of the car. I knew how we had taken care of the car over the years. And bottom line, my choice was for God. And that's what I wanted to let you know. That if we are willing when it comes time for these crossroad decisions, provided that we've established or begun to establish a relationship, because God knows the intents of our hearts. He knows what we're going to say before we know what we're going to say. But I want to set this out as an example to be applied across the board. It can be applied regarding a job, moving from one address to another in a city across the country or to another country. It could be the same principles could be applied to when you looking to buy a house and especially for marriage. I just want to say that if individuals, number one, got out of God's way, number two, humbled themselves prayed and asked him, okay, number one, when we get out of God's way, that means we put down our way of thinking what we want to do, thinking that we got the answers. When we put that down, when we humble ourselves, repent of trying to do things our way, turn towards him and ask him, what to do in regards to this monumentous decision and be willing to wait to hear what he wants to tell us. Oh, trust. He's not a cookie cutter of God. He didn't make us all the same. So he communicates with each of us differently, but trust he will make you ask him. He's going to make sure you get his answer. And like I said, you might get a yes right away, or you might get a no right away, or you might get a wait, just hold. He might put you in a holding pattern. And when he puts us in a holding pattern, when he's put me in a holding pattern, I knew I was in a holding pattern. The best analogy I could put is like when you're on an aircraft and the aircraft is coming in to, to the airport. They're making that preparations to start to descend for the landing. And they're in touch with the control tower. The control tower is like the Holy Spirit in this analogy. 
And the control tower can see everything. They know all what's around that plane, all what's going on, the traffic, everything of other planes, what's going on. And they tell you, okay, we see you. We know you there. However, we need you to circle. We need you to just go into a holding pattern. Circle. And we'll let you know when it's time for you to bring in that flight. When it's time for you to land. But see... A lot of people don't want to wait on God. A lot of people want to do their thing, their way. They think they know better than God. Because you know what? I used to be like that. It took over 35 years for God to bring me into a place to do things his way. But that was only brought about through relationship that had been carved out over many trials and errors on my end. See, when something don't go right, I don't blame him. I blame myself. I take responsibility because, see, I'm the imperfection. I'm the one that needs him. He don't need me. I need him. He's the one who is all-knowing, all-powerful, and omnipresent that means he is everywhere and in one place at the same time he's the one who gave his only begotten son for me for you yes you you and you and yes you too you listen to this it's you yes so that our sins when we repent will be forgiven and his blood will wash us white as snow and that transpositioning happens that that new birth occurs where our spirit that was no not in that position of activity is now active and can receive the things of God because the things of God are foolishness to those who are not saved to those that have not received him as Lord and Savior. God's word says so. So to understand, we've got to get out of his way. And we've got to humble ourselves. We've got to repent and ask him what he wants us to do when it comes to these crossroads. He wants us to actually get to a place where we're consulting him on a consistent basis about many different things, not just crossroad things. However, that's only something that will come over time. In regards to fostering, nurturing, building that personal, intimate relationship with him. And see, God's not in a hurry. He is the creator of time. And once we ask him, we got to be willing to wait to receive what he wants us to know in regards to that situation, circumstance, crossroads decision. And I'm going to leave you with this. The fourth thing is that if we don't have the patience... If we don't even have the faith, if we whatever we need intangible that we need from him, be it more strength or more faith or or more patience or thoughtfulness towards others or goodness towards others or forgiveness of myself, forgiveness of yourselves, whatever we need, we can ask him because Once we accepted Jesus' 
this invitation for salvation, once we accepted Yeshua, we have access to the Father. God is real. <laughs> 